Well, we're continuing a new series called Living a Life of Meaning. Living a life of meaning. Does your life matter? Is your life filled with meaning? True meaning, lasting meaning. And today I want to talk with you about meaningful measures. Meaningful measures. What are you willing to do? The measures you're willing to go through determines the measure of meaning in your life. The measure of what you're willing to go through determines the measure of meaning in your life. Little, me- little measures, little meaning. Big measures, big meaning. Our flesh wants big meaning from minimal measures. Our flesh wants great return from little investment. How many of you are down for that? It would be great if suddenly today you could say something that would impact the entire world without having to go through great measures. It would be great if you didn't have to have great perseverance in your life and you could say something and impact the entire world. It would be great if you didn't have to have some history of long and enduring preparation and yet you could somehow impact the entire world. It would be great if you didn't have to have some story and yet make such a great meaningful life of yours. But that's not the case. You've got to have a story. You've got to have great preparation. You've got to have history. You've got to have the ingredients of great perseverance in order to accomplish and do something great. The measure of what you do brings the measure of meaning to your life. Meaningful measures yield great meaning to your life. One day, Jesus was teaching a lot about sowing seeds. This was one of those things that he taught a lot about, especially on this specific day. And he talked about a farmer that was sowing seed. And he said, this farmer went out and he sowed a bunch of seed and some of it fell on hard paths. And as this is where people would walk. And he said that the birds would come and just eat it off of the paths. So the seed never got to grow. It never got to take root. And he said some of it fell on rocky places. The rock was just a little bit below the surface of the dirt. And so when it would start to grow, it would grow fast because the water would just saturate that spot. But as it grew fast, the sun came out and scorched it because it didn't have roots going way down deep inside the, the ground. It just stopped there at the rock. And he said some of the seed also fell among thorns. And as the thorns grew up, it squelched and, and took the life out of the grain that had grown, the, the grain plant that had grown. And he said this. This is interesting. He said the, the farmer went out and he sowed all this seed in all these different places, but he also sowed it in good soil. And he says it came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying. You understand the difference between addition and multiply? Multiplying. In other words, there was something supernatural that happened with it. Some 30 times, 60 times, and some 100 times. So Jesus went on to explain that what the farmer was was representing was uh, he was sowing the good news of Christ. The farmer was sowing the seed of Christ, the seed of the good news, the seed of God's story in this world. He was communicating, right? So that's what Jesus was talking about, sharing Christ all over the place. And it's so interesting that Jesus gave us this picture of a farmer going out everywhere, sowing seeds without restraint. 
on places that it didn't appear that, that it would ever grow, and it didn't grow in many of those places. In other words, sowing with great measure everywhere. That's what this guy was doing. And Jesus said that even though the farmer sowed in these places where the seed never grow, where it never produced a crop, that the seeds, would, that, the seeds that fell on good soil would not just grow, but they would multiply 30, 60, and 100 times more. What is he saying? He's saying, sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Do you ration yourself off is the question. Are you rationing off God's word going through your life? Or are you spilling God's word out everywhere that you go? Do the people in your life know that you could give more? Do the people in your life know that you could do more? Do the people in your life look at you and say, you could be more? But you withhold. And God says, it's time to go sow. It's time to, time to put yourself out there with the word of God. It's time to communicate. Just a few verses later, Jesus said this. Consider carefully. That means really think about it. Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Now, I'm not talking about having success. Success is completely different than meaning. Meaning is more than success. You can have success without meaning, and you can have meaning without success. Right? You can have success without meaning. Is there a great meaning if you write a song that just feels good? Probably could be, but probably not. There's some songs that have really hit the charts in the world, right? With, with little meaning. But then there's songs like Amazing Grace. Wouldn't you identify with that song that it's a meaningful song? Just because a song has a lot of following or a lot of people that love it doesn't mean that it's a meaningful song. Just because it has great success doesn't mean that it's a meaningful song. A meaningful song would change a life, right? When I was in high school, there were a couple of guys that were identical twins. And they also had identif identical Chevy Corvairs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever seen a Chevy Corvair? And these guys, one of the major roads leading out of town was Highway 30, and these guys lived way down Highway 30. And they would laugh. I could hear them over here, overhear them talking about it. Once a week, they would, they would drive down Highway 30 in their Corvairs, twin Corvairs, 20 miles an hour, backing traffic up for like 30 miles. And these guys just enjoyed this. You can imagine how angry the people driving behind them were, hawking their horns, shaking their fists, and probably doing a few other gestures. And these guys just loved it. They ate it up. They were, this was success to them. How many of you would appreciate that on 380? <laughs> how many of you think those boys would be alive today on 380? <laughs> now listen, that's one way to influence thousands of people. I mean, think about how many lives they probably changed. There's probably people that got divorced because of these two kids. <laughs> people coming home so angry. Man, traffic was so bad today. And they didn't know why. 
They influence. That's called success in our world. You influence thousands of people. That's success. They accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. But was it meaningful? Absolutely not. You can have great success without meaning in your life, but you can also have meaning without success. Your life can be full of meaning and never have a success story. In fact, there are tons and tons of stories that I could tell you today if I even knew of them. But I don't know of them because so many of the people that have done meaningful things for hundreds and even thousands of years in this world, they're unsung heroes. And we don't know their stories, at least not yet. Having a meaningful life is different than success. And it's way more significant than success. It's way more significant than some momentary pleasure. Having a meaningful life is way bigger than even a year long of pleasure. Meaning. A meaningful life is found in the measures you're willing to be and the measures you're willing to go to to show the world who God is. That's where meaning in life is. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Can you say that you've lived a meaningful, passionate life? Some of you are shaking your heads yes. But here's the key. Where has your passion been going? Is it meaningful? Otherwise, you're going to look back with disdain and say, man, that's where all my passion went. My passion went to that. That's what my life has amounted to. And here's another question. Can you say you're doing anything meaningfully dangerous? Is there anything meaningfully dangerous about your life? When you do something dangerous, be sure that you do something meaningfully dangerous. Swimming with sharks just so that you can get a video for YouTube is meaningfully stupid. Right? Dangerously stupid, I should say. But swimming with sharks to save a little child, that's got meaning to it, doesn't it? Choosing where to put your passion and choosing what is worth risking your life or reputation for is essential to having meaning in your life. Let me say that again. Choosing where to put your passion and choosing what is worth risking your life for, what is dangerous, and saying, I'm going to do it anyway. It's essential to having meaning. Those two things. Y'all know the story of King David, don't you? I love King David, and this is one of the greatest stories in, in, in history. Before he was king, he was a teenage boy, and David lived a meaningful life even as a child. A life of passion and a life of danger. A life of passion and a life of danger. And as a shepherd, David was passionate about protecting his flock. One day, David was out watching his sheep, and he looked over, and he saw a lion crouching in the grass. And you can imagine that lion pressing his front paws, you know how cats do, and just staring, waiting for the moment to pounce. And somehow, in the midst of that, David was able to grab that lion, and with his bare hands, he killed that lion. And the same thing happened one day with a bear, killed a bear with his bare hands protecting his flock. He was passionate and he was dangerous. And he was willing to do things that were dangerous. These experiences prepared David for a moment that the entire world would eventually forever talk about, even us to this very day. And David faced and defeated the giant named Goliath by himself. 
But it's important to note that David wasn't just finding just anything to be passionate about. He wasn't just grabbing for something to feel good about. He wasn't just trying to find something to be passionate about and say, okay, here's my hobby. This is what I enjoy doing. David was finding meaning in his life. He wasn't passionate. He wasn't placing his emotions and his reputation on the line for something that didn't matter. David started, even as a young child, doing what was, what was worth doing in his life. And through the years, you know, I've seen people take up a cause that wasn't a cause at all. I've seen people grab onto a political agenda that really wasn't a meaningful agenda. People that grab onto something, even in the church, that doesn't really matter. And we grab onto it and we say, okay, this is the meaning of life. This is the meaning of following God. This is the meaning of the church. This is why we're here. And eventually we find out that that just goes away just like everything else. So what we're talking about is more than success. It's more than just having a feeling that you matter today. It's meaning for your life. And when we fight for things that aren't meaningful, we're making our lives meaningless. And so you've got to stop and say, where's my passion going? Am I, am I putting my passion on something that's worth having my passion to? Or is my life meaningless? You see, fighting for someone to love you that doesn't want to love you, that's meaningless. And people will fight for that. They'll go after it with all their heart. All the while, you've got somebody that wants to love you that you could put your passion towards. How frustrating is it? Fighting for a job just so that you've got money, just so you can pay bills. It becomes meaningless. Or, or having that job so that you can have power, it becomes meaningless. Risking your life for a frivolous moment or a popular video to place on YouTube or something. That can be for, just do a Google search. The, look up the last selfies of people who, who did something that was stupid enough that it took their lives. It's crazy. Some of the pictures that you can see. It's meaningless. But giving your life to someone who loves you, who actually cares about you, now that's meaningful. And who loves you more than anybody in this world? That's meaningful. Doing the work to prepare yourself for a meaningful life that's meaningful. When you make these kinds of decisions over a period of time in your life, at some point, you're going to have a moment that comes like David had. He fought the lion. He fought the bear. But now he's standing in front of a huge army. He says, I will fight the giant. David wasn't doing it because someone was taking pictures. He didn't do it because it could show up on YouTube. Now, he did ask, what happens to the guy that does this? They're like, well, no taxes for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Oh, and by the way, you also get the king's daughter. Well, that sounds good too. He was interested in that. All of us would, right? But he ended up being king anyway, so taxes weren't going to be an issue. And the king's daughter turned out to be a great disappointment, as you know later on. David 
Although he was interested in those things, those weren't the motivation. It was bigger than that. And we can hear it in what he says in the story. So they brought David before the king, King Saul. And King Saul looked at him, he said, look, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're just a kid. You're a young man. He's been a warrior from his youth. You can't do this. And David looked at him and he said, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and, re- and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, now we get personal, will be like one of them. Why? Why am I doing this? Because he has defied the armies of the living God. That's why I'm doing this. And that's why everybody in Israel should be doing this. He's defying God. He's challenging God's throne, and that's a problem, and that's why I want to come after him. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David found passion and purpose in defending the honor of God's throne, and he was willing to go into a place of danger for that. This ruddy young man went down to a creek, and here's what the creek looks like today, little kids playing in it. This is the creek where David walked down and he grabbed five smooth stones and he he prepared himself for battle. And then he went up to the battle line. And this is a fun, fun story because how many of you like to talk smack when you're playing basketball or something, right? This was a huge smack talk. He took off, he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch, the the, the shepherd's bag that he had. and, and, And with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. And it says, meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a little boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. That's purpose. That's meaning. And your life and my life, when we embrace that as the meaning of our lives, that the whole world will know that there is a God in Relate Church, right? That there is a God who lives inside of me. That there is a God who lives in heaven and cares about what's happening. That he loves you and cares about you. That's what he was after. And he says, all those gathered there gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands as the Philistine moved closer to attack him David ran quickly or ran towards the battle line to meet him reaching into his bag taking out a stone he slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead the stone sank into his forehead and fell and he fell flat face down on the ground so David triumphed over 
the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. And he struck down the Philistine and he killed him. David ran over and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword. You can imagine how heavy that was for this little guy. He drew it from his sheath. After he'd killed him, he cut off his head with a sword. And as you read on, David got up on a horse and he had that Philistine's head in his hand and he went riding into Jerusalem. Can you imagine what a sight that was? Kind of gruesome, isn't it? But that's victory. That's victory. What are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? James David, would you come? Let me ask you another question. What are you doing that's dangerous? You see, all of us want an adventure, don't we? A good week is a good week. But a week that has some adventure, something that was dangerous, well, that's a week. If it was meaningful. I talk to men and women all day long who feel like they're stuck in the humdrums of life. They wake up the same time every day, they go to work, do the same thing all throughout the day, come home from work, eat dinner, watch a little TV, go back, go to bed, wake up the next morning humdrums of life. I talk to people that feel like they're stuck in their job. Well, I've got this debt. I've got to stay at my job. I'm not saying that you need to quit your job, right? But you can turn your job into something way more meaningful. But they're stuck in their job. Some people feel like they're stuck in their marriage. They feel like they're stuck with their health problems, stuck with their financial situation, stuck with their kids, stuck with their parents, stuck with an addiction. We're stuck. People are just stuck in the humdrums of life. But I also talk to people that they have the same problems that these people have. Same job, marriage that they struggle with, health problems, kid problems, parent problems, financial situations, addictions that they've overcome but still have to daily fight to stay away from it. I talk to these people and instead of really fighting against those problems, they have embraced their meaning in life and they've taken on the giants of life. Instead of fighting the humdrums and fighting their spouse and fighting their problems in life, they've embraced a passionate life with dangerous moments that gives meaning to their lives. And these are people that come to work and they talk about Jesus. These are people that come to work and they have meaning. They have a reason to be there. And they've got a list of people that they're praying for to be saved. And they come and they've got passion with it. And they're giving their, their hearts and their lives towards it. They're engaging in a battle that's bigger than them. They go home and their homes are a place where they pray. Their homes are a place of laughter. Their homes are a place of peace where they do devotions. And they train up their kids to live a life of passion that, that, and fighting battles and engaging in warfare. The marriage has purpose. There's reason for it. There's, it's beyond money and pleasure and just surviving. It's a marriage with purpose and meaning. 
I've been so privileged myself that over the last 17 years with my wife and my kids and my parents to be engaged in such a great adventure as, as, as we're sitting in today. And my parents, you know, they're not just wanting to die. They're not just, well, I'm getting old. Mom's here by faith today. They're not just hanging out. They have a purpose and they have a meaning for their lives. And my father, he retired in his early 50s. And instead of just traveling the nation and going from, from one campsite to the next and enjoying themselves like that, they moved here and they embraced a meaning for life, a God adventure. And for the first five years that they lived here, they lived in a travel trailer while their beautiful home sat up in St. Louis with a beautiful pond in the backyard where fish were just waiting for my dad to come and catch them. And they embraced meaning. They laid it aside for meaning. And when the story of this church is written in the annals of heaven, it's not a story of sudden success, a story of how we started by some giant donation where we had plenty of money. It's not a story of some big church just wanted another satellite or some great author or radio preacher came for everybody to come listen to the great orator. The story of this church is the story of people who came and said, you know what, I'm going to be passionate about God. I'm going to be passionate about doing something for Him, the kingdom of God, and I'm going to live dangerously at some level. It's going to be a story of like Ken and Colette and John and Linda and, and people that come into the church and, and Dana and Vivian that come in and say, man, I'm, I'm going to give my heart towards this and Bill and Jen. I mean, it's going to be a story about all of you that come in and say, you know what, I'm going to give my heart towards this and I'm going to even do some dangerous things to do something for the kingdom of God passion and danger brings meaning to your life this church it's a story of passion and danger it's a story of great perseverance a story of betrayal it's a story of people that, that were separated from those who just wanted to play some kind of spiritual patty cake and enjoy the, the church life, from people that actually wanted meaning for their lives. It's a tragic story of faith that won in the end. It's a story where we were tried by fire and we've been tried by death. But it's a story of meaning and faithfulness and engaging in the battle, and we've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And this is our lives together. And you don't have to live a humdrum, ordinary life where you just go to work and you don't understand what you're doing and why you're there. You go to work to reach the lost. You come home to recharge and make sure that your home is in order for God and bring worship into your home and prayer into your home salvation into your home and life and meaning and no matter what the circumstances you rise up and you fight and you live a life of faithfulness to God Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Those are the words of Jesus. Have you truly given over your life to Christ? The Apostle Paul wrote, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. What is he saying? He's saying, get out there and sow, sow the seeds, put yourself out there. If you're stingy with your friendship, guess what? You're not going to have any friendship. If you're, if you sold just a little bit of peace into your life and in, in others' lives, you're going to have very little peace in your life. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap though. It's beautiful. If you barely put yourself out there to enjoy, for others to enjoy the, the benefits of knowing you, others to enjoy what you have, others to enjoy being a part of your life, if you barely put yourself out there for others to, to benefit from your life of goodness, then you're going to have a little back. But if you open up your life and you just begin to sow immeasurable, be like the guy that just, the farmer that just went out and sowed seed everywhere. He didn't look and go, well, you're not going to do anything with it. He just sowed the seed. He just gave. Living your life in such a way that others benefit from you being alive. Others enjoy their lives more because you're alive. That's meaning. That's meaning. Would you bow your heads? you feel like your life at this point has mattered? Today is 29th anniversary for my wife and me. And I look back over the last 29 years and I am so grateful that my wife got to go to heaven knowing she lived a meaningful life. And when she stood before God, he looked at her and said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Now, look what I have in store for you. Many things. Is your life meaningful? It can be. That's the beauty of this. It can be. Tomorrow you don't have to walk into work wondering, why am I here? You can walk in with a mission, praying, asking God, who can I, who can I share with today? When you go home, this afternoon, you don't have to go home and be angry and frustrated at what's going on with your spouse. Now you go home with a mission to love, care for, provide, and do your part in that home and to, to let God's light shine through you. Meaning. Meaning. Have you embraced Christ as your own? If not, just do it right where you are. 
Say, Jesus, thank you so much for your forgiveness. What you did on the cross for me 2,000 years ago, I honor today by giving my life to you. You've called me to be so much more than just a mere human. You've called me to be a child of God. And so today I embrace that title and I accept you into my life. I want to get to know who you are, what you like and what you don't like. And for the rest of my life, I want to do my best to accommodate for you living in me. Wash me, cleanse me, give me a new life, a life of meaning, a life of hope, a life with a future with you. A life that I can feel confident that I can stand before you boldly before the throne of grace. And say, God, here's what I did as a thanks for what you did for me. I present myself today as a living sacrifice. Thank you. Wash me. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Would our baptism candidates go and get ready? Let me ask you with your eyes closed, head, heads bowed. Maybe you're here today. I just want to give you an opportunity to say, yes, that was me, John. I accepted Christ into my life. I accepted Christ into my life today. And if that's you, I just want you to look up at me until my eyes catch yours. You accepted Christ into your life today. A new beginning. 